Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hello and welcome to this very special live episode of Wistful Thinking. I'm Kara Galleregan. With me in real life, which is not usual, is my co-host Jordan Pullen clark Hi! And uh, this isn't actually a live, live episode. What, what she means by live is that we're sitting in the same room. And we're looking at each other. We're looking at each other. But she could not do the intro looking at me. <laughs> she tried more than once. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now we're just staring now at Now we're just other. staring at each other real weird. Uh, but yeah, we're at Kara's house because it's Thanksgiving time. Thanksgiving time. And I was in the area, and it was her house is kind of on my way back to my home. So I stopped in, and we're recording in real life. IRL. IRL, which is, this is the second time we've recorded in real life. First time, first time was, like, very lively, though. <laughs> we were literally at a party. That was more of an actual live episode. Well, none of them are live, because podcasts aren't live. True. Previously recorded. <laughs> Always previously recorded. Um, so, Kara, what movie did we watch? Uh, very unfortunately, we watched uh, Black Sheep, which came out in 96? Question mark? Black Probably. Sheep came out in 1996. All right. Starring Chris Farley. And David Spade. The follow-up to Tommy Boy. They mm-hmm. thought they could make magic again. Directed by Penelope Spheris, who would have said no, except they offered her so much money. She was speechless, and then they offered her more money. So she had to say yes. What else did she direct? Oh my goodness. So Penelope Spheris is like a totally important director. She did... You said that like Cher from Clueless. I know. Well, because I've been thinking a lot about Cher and a lot about women directors, and a lot about Amy Heckerling. Listen to Cinemakers. We're covering Amy Heckerling right now. Um, But she, so Penelope Spheris, directed Wayne's World. Classic. Oh, yeah, you told me that once, and I was like, whoa, 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 a lady directed Wayne's World? Yeah, and and her credit is the only reason I agreed to do this movie. I was like, oh, Uh, cool. Yeah. All right, sure. Um, Because she also, I think, uh, I listened to an interview with her and she considers herself more of a documentary filmmaker uh she just got kind of caught up in the studio system making these like big studio comedies that she hated um but she directed a trilogy of totally important documentaries called the decline of western civilization which is um about kind of three moments in time in rock history and so the first one is like about the punk scene in like maybe the early 80s or late 70s uh the second one is about both they filmed they filmed them 79 through 80 and they came out in 81 okay and then uh the second one is about hair metal and that's the best one and then the third one it's about something else that i don't exactly remember the third one was about gutter punks. Mm. So those are great. If you're only going to see one of them, see The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years, because it's great. 
Um, but she's also directed, like I said, a bunch of other like big studio comedies, like the Beverly Hillbillies movie. Like a bunch of other like not good comedies. <laughs> um, and also the Little Rascals movie that came out in the 90s. And literally the only note that I took while watching Black Sheep watching black sheep was car of backwoods little rascals dueling electric guitars what because there's a scene where david spade so there are like he he's been tasked with watching over the brother of this gubernatorial candidate who and the brother is a mess and he's chris farley brother uh, we can get into this more later um but he's taking Chris Farley out into the wilderness, rural backwoods of Washington State to do so-called voter outreach, um, but really just keep him in the woods until the election is over. Uh, And David Spade happens upon this car full of, like, backwoods children that look like the Little Rascals, and dueling banjos is playing, but they're electric guitars. I don't even remember that (laughs) that's fine because that's one of two things that i remember happening in the movie oh okay let's say the things that we can remember from this movie so this was a movie that like i i'm sure that i watched Mm -hmm. it like not that long ago like four days ago three five days ago whatever it wasn't that long ago i'm sure i watched it and like while i was watching it i was like am i watching this and i kept getting real distracted i turned it off once and then yeah, it took me a few tries to finish it, and I don't know. I The second and third acts of the movie are lost to history. So what's the other thing you remember? Uh, when he's at, like, the Rock the Vote concert. Oh, yeah. Which is... There is so much grunge music in this yeah. movie. It seems like MTV produced this, but they totally didn't. Well, you know, that was the time. It yeah. was kind of everywhere. But it was like it, there was so much grunge music and like really yeah, truly like is in this, yeah, right? like they were. It, it wasn't just that grunge music was in it; is that they were dropping the names of mm-hmm. real bands, mm-hmm. which I thought was weird. I mean, it's very like on brand for Penelope Spheris. I feel like yeah, that's you know, that's, that's true. Since you just told us the 60% history, sixty percent of Wayne's sure. World. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, and that is Wayne's World too. Mm-hmm. Other. The bands in Wayne's World are real, right? Except Mostly. for the one that, yeah. what's her name, that Tia Carrera. That's not a real band. Yeah, I don't think so. We should, we'll do Wayne's World one day. We will. We'll get to, we'll, we'll get to talking about doing Wayne's World a little <laughs> yeah. bit later yeah, in this yeah, episode. Yeah. So, the, the, okay, let's see what parts of this movie do I remember. I remember well, the, I remembered a third part. Oh, what third part do you remember? Uh, and the only reason that I remember this is because I made Vin tell me about it after it, so I, I recorded him talking about it. I'm just going to play it for you. Um, because I had already turned the movie off the first time. I was like, this is unwatchable. I really hate it so much. And he was like, I only remember one part from it. And he described it as such. Um, and I and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll go back and watch that scene. And I turned it on. And it was literally, <laughs> I had turned it off during that scene. So hang on. Uh, there's one part that I remember being funny which is uh they're sleeping in a uh a cabin that's been uh knocked like sideways a bit mm-hmm. by a rock and um there's a bunk a pair of bunk beds in there and uh 
uh, I guess, what was it? Uh, Chris Farley's character called Top Bunk and... I don't know. I don't remember if they fought about that or not, but there's one night where the the roof gets blown off and it starts to hail and David Spade's character is making fun of uh, Chris Farley's character for being on the top bunk until the bunk beds collapse and you just hear like David Spade's little whimper <laughs> and then it, it cuts to another scene. It's the only funny part I remember. Is that before or after they're like teetering off and everything's like crooked and then David Spade is like, hey, look at this. The only thing holding the refrigerator in place is the power cord. And they unplug it. Oh, uh, I don't. That's the cabin I'm talking about. But I don't remember if that's before or after okay. this, just this scene. Yeah. That might happen just after this scene. I'm not. Okay. I don't remember the timeline. I, I, I think the part where David Spade unplugs the refrigerator is great because it's it's like the only dumb thing that David Spade does. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's the stupid one in this. Is he? Yeah. No, Chris yeah, Farley's no, the Chris stupid Farley one in this. Chris is set up to be the stupid one in this, but, but David Spade he, is well, the bumbling idiot. he's not smart. Neither one of them are smart. Well, but I just think that that's really. like, I think uh, that's the only like very clear example that I remember of David mm-hmm. Spade just being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> You know, I feel like all of his antics continually blow up in his face. Well, yeah. Like, even more so Maybe than that's Chris just Farley's. the dumbest one. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so that's one part that I remember. Vin stole one of mine. Um, I also remember the part in the beginning where Chris Farley is trying to... He's, like, calling voters. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, voter sitting... Outreach. He's doing voter outreach, and he's sitting in his office at the rec center he works at a rec center and he's got like something strapped around his head to hold the phone yeah, on his it's head. like a sweat headband <laughs> yeah and he like calls a woman and scares her because he says a bunch of dumb stuff that i don't remember yeah he just starts telling her a really crazy story and I remember that he plays football mm-hmm. with, with a bunch children. of kids. And I was like, why is he playing football with children? He's their football coach at the rec center. They, That's his job. They do not make that clear. <laughs> they they set him up as if he is one of the children. Yeah. Well, yeah. Could be because that's kind of who his character is. Yeah, but like he's not acting like a coach at all. Yeah. And then he, like, kind of takes one of the kids under his wing because the kid's lonely. And that's, like, a weird side plot. Yeah. Kind of. That they throw away for most of the movie. And then it comes back at the very end, I think. It's all very strange. Because the kid gets to meet the new governor at the end. And mm. then Chris Farley, like, says something inappropriate to the kid's grandma. No, Wait. he throws a football at her. Something happens. So his end. brother wins the election? Because I his don't know. His brother does win the election. Okay. There's some, Spoiler like, alert. There's some, like, scandal Mm-mm. that make the incumbent governor, that makes the incumbent governor lose. I like her as the the bad guy. What's her mm-hmm. name? I don't know. But this is, like, this, I mean, this movie, like, is the same plot as Tommy Boy. I honestly don't know what the plot of Tommy Boy oh, is. Oh, I can either. definitely <laughs> tell you the, well, no, I can definitely tell you the plot of Tommy Boy. It's just, like... Chris Farley has to do a thing because his dad dies. He has to he like has to make a bunch of sales at his dad's company because his dad dies, and like they send David Spade with him. So they're on this like adventure together, trying to sell brake pads 
or like car parts, something like that. And then his dad had just gotten married to this woman who turns out to be evil and actually married to Rob Lowe, even though she said that Rob Lowe was her son. Mm-hmm. And like it's so it's like exactly to the, the same. Adams family. Yes. <laughs> whatever it's the same and they were like clearly just trying to recreate like do you think like i keep saying that they were trying to recreate the oh, magic no, of exactly tommy boy no i know but yeah. like do you, do you think if we watched tommy boy right now would we be like yes this movie was magic or like oh i don't know i have like a i don't i don't love chris farley and david's i i love chris Farley to a certain extent and I don't love David Spade at all uh, so when they're together I'm like mm, I don't know about this I would have to see Tommy Boy again but by all accounts this is it whatever this movie is called Black Sheep Black Sheep yeah, is a significantly worse movie. definitely no it's definitely worse and I think I don't I think everybody would agree that this yeah. movie's not good yeah and that Tommy Boy might be good and the reason that they made it the way that they did which was kind of like rushing into production after what so when you say trying to recapture the magic of tommy boy not necessarily the movie magic but definitely the money magic i think that's what they were after um well i but i also think they were after the chemistry of chris farley and david spade yeah because that was so clear in tommy boy like like i i think even if we didn't like the movie again now i think probably you can see the chemistry Mm -hmm. between them a lot better in tommy boy yeah but apparently it was like the last week of chris farley's contract with paramount question mark is that who made this movie i think so who is owned by viacom who also owns mtv btw um which is why it feels very mtv uh also they made clueless anyway I got sidetracked by Clueless. What was I saying? Oh, right. That it was like the last week of Chris Farley's contract. And so they told the writer who had also written Tommy Boy that he had to like turn around a script in like a weekend. And so he said that he just like shit out this script and got it in at the last second so that they could, so that Paramount could uh, get Farley and Spade for one more thing. Maybe that's the... Is it the, is this the last movie that Chris Farley made before he died? That I don't know about. It is the last Spade Farley buddy comedy, though. But, okay, so this no, is... No, it wasn't. It wasn't? Oh, no, sorry. Yes, it was the last. I was, oh. <laughs> I was answering my question, not your question. Gotcha. Um, um, he was in Beverly Hills Ninja after this. Oh, okay. But Penelope Spheris had notable disagreements with writer Fred Wolf and David Spade throughout the entire production of the film. Spheris fired Wolf from the film three times, and he was hired back twice by Chris Farley and once by Lauren Michaels. Uh, Lauren Michaels, who produced this. Right. And you just rolled your eyes. And I'm curious, why did you roll your eyes? I think that's a bunch of dudes trying to overthrow a woman, and it's her set. She's a director. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been in that position, like, not in this exact position where I'm the director of a multi-million dollar film, <laughs> but uh, like in work situations where like it's supposed to be my call and I make a call and then it gets overruled by men who get in the way. Men who are f- like, and in this case, I assume like men who are 
friends or mm-hmm. like colleagues or for whatever reason. Yeah. So Fred Wolf made basically all of the David Spade movies. So he and David Spade were were tight. But um, uh, after at one point, she actually refused to speak to the writer and finally banned him from the set. Her relationship with Spade was equally as tumultuous. Speaking to Farley's official biographer, she said, quote, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I ever even smiled at anything David Spade's ever done. I still have a recording of a message David left on my answering machine. Oh, I'd love to hear that. I would have loved to hear that, too. Yeah. He said, quote, you've spent this whole movie trying to cut my comedy balls off. End quote. Were any of his other movies directed by women? You don't know the answer to that. He, I'm going to look it up. She directed another movie with him in it. She did? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me look. That I think was after this, and I think might have been another like weird contract thing. Uh, Senseless. He was in Senseless, mm-hmm. which I used to watch on Comedy Central all the time. What's that about? Because I, I probably saw know. it, too. I don't know. It's Starles. It's Starles. <laughs> it stars Marlon Wayans. Is it, and it's a buddy comedy with the two of them, right? Mm, yeah, and Matthew Lillard's in it too. Hmm. <laughs> it's just like, like one all of those movies, movies, you know, from the nineties. And Matthew Lillard, yeah, is in it too. <laughs> and Matthew Lillard was also there. <laughs> um, huh, interesting that they worked together again. Yeah, but like, it, like this made me think about like. David Spade's not funny now. I'm shaking my head now. Or, or was, or, like, was, like, were, were David Spade and Chris Farley funny of the time? Or were they funny because we were nine and ten and twelve? I mean, you know, we were young. seemed to find them funny, too. I think. I, I would love to go back and watch some of, like, the SNL sketches mm-hmm. that, like, I really liked when I was a kid to, yeah. like, like investigate further. Yeah, because, like, that was, that era of SNL was on Comedy Central, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so the, so. And I feel like a lot of the funny things that I think that David Spade might have done was actually Dana Carvey, because they're about the same, like. Oh, but their comedy. No, but their comedy sensibilities are so different. Like, like Dana Carvey's still funny. Oh, he's hilarious. And David Spade isn't because, like, David maybe he is, but he's not for me. No, he's not because I mean I think because he like his whole shtick was that he was just like mean, bored, complaining guy. Bored, yeah, and mean. I mean, the only time I can think that I think is still probably funny is the bye bye sketch. Where they were on the where they were flight attendants and it was him yeah. and Helen Hunt. I feel like they did a few of those. The first maybe. one though, yeah. I definitely like the first one was the best one, and they were just like bye bye, bye bye, like over and over again. Like that's probably still funny, but um, but like everything else he did, just like I think it would just play as like mean yeah no in kind of a snotty way you know yeah and i don't find that funny anymore no that used to be a large part large portion of my sense of humor and now i'm like i don't like it when people are mean but i i'd be yeah i'd be curious to go back and watch it because like like in this anyway his meanness and even in tommy boy it's not smart like it's yeah. it's one thing when someone is mean well, and clever. In this one, he thinks that he's smart and he thinks that he's like 
all that and that he deserves this job with the governor, but he's a stupid asshole the whole time. Yeah. Getting in fights with people at stoplights? Who does that? Yeah. Especially with people like Gary Busey. Oh, yeah. Gary Busey is in this. (laughs) Like, real crazy for a minute. Yeah. I'm just looking at other things that David Spade has done. I don't know. He was on a sitcom? Just shoot me. Oh. Was that him? No. Maybe? Who cares? I don't know. Lost to history. Um, but yeah, so like part of the reason what did, we said we were going to talk about, oh, before we get into like why I want to watch this and why I wanted to watch this and why I want to keep watching like male comedies of this time. Which honestly, she's rolling, she's rolling her eyes at me. I don't know if I she's can She's rolling do her it. eyes at me. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's just a lot. It's I know. a lot of a very specific thing. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about... Um, just like Chris Farley mm-hmm. in this, I was actually like upset sometimes yeah. because of how dumb they made him. Yeah. And like, I guess it was, it's just for comic effect, but it's like, they're so mean to him and they made him so dumb. Like he's literally just like an adult five-year-old. Well, yeah. And it's like that much more upsetting that like that he's dead and like he, his legacy is like sad sad clown but guy. i don't but i don't think that it plays as bad as it does in this in everything else because mm-hmm. like if you watch him like even even though I, this movie wasn't funny i do i don't have my notes because we're at kara's house and we totally <laughs> just did this last minute but i do remember that one of the notes that i wrote was like in the beginning he's like driving this big van and there are dogs chasing it. I don't really understand why all the dogs are chasing the van, but they are. So he's, like, driving it like a real idiot, just, like, crashing into stuff. And, like, but, like, his physicality while he's doing that is funny. Yeah. It's not funny well, in this. They don't use it well. No, but it, it's also really funny in the Rock the Vote scene. Where yeah. he's just on stage flailing around saying things that are, like, vaguely political. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, so when you watch him, even in this terrible movie, like, you can see what he was good at. Yeah, of course. And you can see that he was really good at it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, I don't, I don't think most of the things that he was in felt, like, maybe as sad as this felt. It's just like, if this was a real person, like, he would be special needs and, like, we wouldn't be laughing at him, you know? Like, like, like that's how dumb they made him. Um, Sorry, the light is just hitting you really beautifully. She's right? taking a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... I know, it's in my eyeballs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like they made him so dumb that he like wasn't even a real person. Mm-hmm. And like, whatever, people in movies aren't real people, <laughs> I get it. But I don't like it when it goes this far. I just think it's dumb and upsetting. Yeah. I agree. And it was weird that they made him hang out with children. I agree. Even some of the children were like, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. But so, like, I was like, I watched The Mask the other day, Mm -hmm. the 1994 Jim Carrey movie. 
and I was telling Kara about it, and I was like, I think we need to watch more of these movies. Like, I think we need to watch Jim Carrey movies. I think we need to watch more Chris Farley movies. I think we need to watch Adam Sandler movies. She's, like, doing a big sigh at me right now. I think we need to watch Mike Myers movies, which was your idea. Yeah, and Polly Shore. And, oh, God. That one sounds hard for me. <laughs> no, but like we watched, I watched Biodome a it's lot so when I was good. a kid. So we it's should watch Biodome. Funny. Okay. I agree. Okay. So, and she was all like, no, let's watch women's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I believe what I said was, wow, wow, wow. That's an awful lot of a very specific thing. Yeah. What if we balanced it out? No, that's doing... what you said second when I made my argument. So, because first she was like, no, I want to watch female directed stuff. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But that's not what we watched growing up. Like there was so yeah. little directed by women. You know what? And was, starring women. What was directed by a woman. What? That I watched a lot when I was a kid that I just the other day. So, uh, The Secret Garden. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Love that movie. That's a We're going to do that okay. on this podcast okay. someday. Uh, and and we could if we go with the idea that I had. No, and like, I'm cool with your idea. <laughs> I'm good with your idea. I do I do think we should balance it out. Yeah, but the director of that, her name is uh, Agnieszka Holland. Uh, she's Polish, I think, but she works mostly in the Czech Republic, actually. Um what was I going to say next? Oh, that she made a Rosemary's Baby remake that I didn't know existed. Really? Yeah. Do you think it's any good? Who knows? I'm going to watch it, though. Okay. All right. Starring Zoe Saldana. That was maybe a miniseries. Because really? there's, like, two parts to it on Amazon. Yeah. But that's, like, one of those things where I'm, like... Listen, I don't care. I just watched the remake of Carrie last night. It was amazing. Why? Why do they need to remake it? The first one's already good. I agree with you, but they exist. So I might as well watch it. Which is why wouldn't you just watch the like good first one? Well, okay, so the 2013 remake of Carrie is a really interesting example. I actually found it way more powerful and scarier than the 1972, why? 3, 4, 6? I don't know what 70s. year that came out. Yeah. Um, so the Brian De Palma version, which is the one that came out in the 70s, like the movie opens with the camera on Carrie, a teenage girl, in the shower at school and the way that it objectifies her body is actually really gross and yeah. I didn't I hadn't previously picked up on that until I watched it recently um but the newer one actually starts with Carrie's mother in childbirth well because also I, I failed to mention that Carrie gets her period and she doesn't know what it, what it is and she freaks out and thinks she's dying in the first one yeah yeah and so this movie actually opens with Carrie's mother in childbirth thinking that she's dying because she doesn't have the knowledge to know what pregnancy and childbirth is and I just find that like lack of self-knowledge deeply terrifying um and I th- there are layers in the newer one, uh, like layers of horror that like aren't there in the original one. Um, there are some interesting choices performance-wise. Uh, I think that the like second and third acts are like everyone seems to be in a better place acting-wise, but the first third of it is a little shaky. But it's amazing. It was directed by a woman, and it's just I think does a much better job of like exploring these like themes of self-knowledge and toxic religion and um also carrie in that newer one has like some more agency to her 
she begins to realize that she has this power. She goes to the library. She starts learning everything that she can about it and starts to like wield it. Whereas I feel like in the original Carrie, this was something that she had almost no control over. Oh yeah. Like none at all. Yeah. So I found that. And gets very like overtaken by like literally everything that happens to her. Right. And this Carrie is different. This Carrie bites back. I like it. Uh, it doesn't have like the same like visual splendor that the original one does, but it also doesn't have the ridiculous misogyny and gross objectification of its female leads that the original one doesn't have, that the original one does have. And that's nice. Okay. I like that about it. You sold me on it. Yeah. You can't say that about all remakes though. It's true. But it got like a really bad rap when it came out. And I think, a few different things contributed to that. One, people weren't that used to remakes in 2013. Now it's just like oh, everything's being remade, so it's like not a big deal anymore. And I don't necessarily think that everything should be remade, but like it's happening. What am I going to do about it? I'm going to watch them. Uh, but uh, also because it was directed by a woman and it's about a woman, I think the men of the internet were not thrilled about that. So, Yeah. How do you get here? But also, like, not everyone is going to look at it. Or, like, probably most people aren't going to look at it with the lens that you just oh, used. Oh, of course not. Yeah. They're just going to, like, watch a movie and be like, did I like it or not like it? Yeah. That's not my problem. No, it's not. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, I just think that there are certain prejudices that people have going into things. Yeah. You know. I want to finish my thought from before. Okay. About Which the man. I don't know what it was. Oh, that's okay. I remember it. From the man, about the man movies. Oh, right. The man movies. So Kara was like, I don't want to, I don't want to. <laughs> that's too much. No, I do want to watch <laughs> some of these movies for sure that were important to me. But at the same time, I just don't want to do several straight months of only yeah, these no. man movies. But like, I think that it's. Uh, it was the first idea that I had in a long time that felt really interesting to me mm-hmm. because, like, I loved those movies growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought those dudes were so funny. But then I think about it now, and it's like, now little girls growing up and, like, everybody growing up has, there are a lot of women starring in comedy movies. There are a lot of women to look up to yeah. comedy wise. There's so, so many fewer comedies now, though. That's also true it feels like maybe not and like are there really that many women because like to me i think of like melissa mccarthy and what's her name kate mccammon tina fey amy poehler Mm. uh like kristen wig um there's not nobody like the only movie i can think of like the snl style comedy movie that started a woman was superstar which was molly shannon oh and that one's so good i love molly shannon so much she's great um but so like we grew up watching funny dudes in movies that starred mostly other dudes Mm -hmm. where the with very doodly themes yep where the where the women existed as far as I can remember, like, purely as a villain or a love interest. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what we got. Oh, so you mean a movie? <laughs> right. Well, like, there are some movies that no, are not like I'm that kidding. now. Um, and so, like, I'm really curious how, what, like, like that has to have affected us. Oh, for sure. 
And so I'm really curious to go back and like re-experience that Mm -hmm. and see how it fucked me up, man. Or contributed to your wonderful (laughs) sense of humor. Um, I mean, maybe that. No, it definitely. I don't like those movies aren't funny anymore. Like I think like Wayne's (laughs) World is still funny. Yeah, I think a lot of them probably still are. Like parts of them will be really funny and a lot of aspects of them will be horrifying. And like, why was this okay? Because it's going to be it's going to be a lot of homophobia. It's yeah. going to be a lot of misogyny. It's going to be a lot of transphobia. It's going to be a lot, a lot of, of racism. Yeah. yeah. That's it's going to be a lot. So my counter to that was like, OK, what if we alternated months where like one month we do Adam Sandler movies and then the next month we do a couple movies directed by women and then the next month we do Mike Myers movies and like that because I think that like I personally need something to balance out like a very specific masculine voice with like some female gaze, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my argument to that was like, I was like, no, we have to like keep with the nostalgia stuff too, because I'm like, just watching, just watching female stuff. Like that's a different podcast and that's not the podcast we're making. But Agnieszka Holland totally directed a movie that fits. Oh yeah. If you can find me, there are no rules. We can do whatever we want. No, I know. But I like the premise of our podcast. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I like the premise of our podcast. <laughs> and I like and I like I want to keep it. Yeah, I just think that, you know, we can branch out in certain directions. Yeah. Cuz that's what I'm most interested in I right know. now. Yeah. Well, yeah. What what year did this come out? What what? Black Sheep. Black Sheep 96. The year after Clueless. What were you doing in 1996? <laughs> What, I would have been nine. A very important year, as we've established on this podcast, right? That things that you see or things that happen to you when you're nine are important. Well, I was ten, okay. but still. Yeah. What grade is that? Mm, I think it's. I think you're third grade and I'm fourth grade. Mm. Wait, no, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Was, I was in fourth grade in 1996. I have no idea what I was doing then. Being a third grader, I guess. (laughs) Maybe taking dance classes? I don't know if I was still dancing at that point. Um, Third grade? 96. I guess I, like, vaguely remember that presidential election. Oh, yeah, that would have been the year that Clinton got Mm reelected. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was in fifth grade because he ran against Bob Dole. Mm -hmm. And I very specifically remember a boy in my class doing an impression of Bob Dole. (laughs) And it was in my uh, fifth grade classroom. Norm MacDonald used to do that on SNL. (laughs) I'm Bob Dole. (laughs) Speaking of people who I don't find particularly funny anymore. He's not funny anymore. No, I mean, people still love him. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's probably why I don't enjoy his comedy anymore is that he's just like too mean for me 
do you, um, do you know who's I uh Conan has been on a couple of podcasts mm-hmm. that I listened to in the past week because he has, he has a podcast because now he has a podcast, um and he sounds mean too. Yeah, like they're all mean. His stick doesn't work on the podcasts that I listen to. Yeah, well, because also he's extremely new to podcasts and like hasn't listened to any, so he's doing a lot of like weird. I don't know what a podcast is, humor, yeah. which I'm like, buddy. Wait, what have you heard him on? Because he's probably been on more than the, just the two I've listened to then. Well, he was on... How did this get made? Yeah, he was on How Did This Get Made. He was also he was also on Comedy Bang Bang okay. this week. I'm looking up. And it's not that it doesn't work. Like it, it was fine for me because I was like, I understand this. I get, I know who Conan is, but it it was just really, it's a really different tone mm-hmm. than I am used to hearing from other comedians on podcasts. Mm. Like you can, I, I think it's two things. Like you can really tell that he is very famous. <laughs> he's just like very out of touch with. I life. and I, I don't want to use like the words like out of touch. That doesn't seem fair. But he's just like at such a different level than the podcasters mm-hmm. and the usual guests on that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And that he just like, doesn't know how to, it's very new for him. Why? She's making a very horrified face right now. Oh, cause I, l- I was looking up things that happened in 1996, oh. like current event mm-hmm. things among some other things. Uh, the, the militant Taliban forces capture Kabul and declare fundamental, Islamic State of Afghanistan. Uh, that was also the year that Osama bin Laden moved to Afghanistan. I'm not sure why these are towards the top. Oh, A starts with Afghanistan. They're in alphabetical order. Yep. Um, U.S. eases sanctions against Cuba. There was that big snowstorm that year. There was a huge snowstorm that year in New Jersey. Uh, in Scotland, this was why I was making that horrified face. A man opened fire on a class of five to six-year-olds, killing or wounding every person present except for one pupil, 15 children, and a teacher died at the scene. Called the Dunblane Massacre. Did they ban guns after that? I don't know. Let's not get into that. <laughs> I know this is political month here on Wistful Thinking, but let's not go there. Um, let's see. What else? Kofi Annan, appointed head of the United Nations. There was a space shuttle mission. Oh, Prince Charles and Diana, Princess of Wales, got divorced. Isn't that also the year she died? Mm, uh, maybe. I, maybe it was the next year. Yeah, I think so. Well, this has gotten real fun. Sorry, I'm sleeping. 1996 was a great year for me. What happened in your life? I just had, like, friends. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it was really cool. I had, like, best friends. Yeah. And that was, like, maybe the only year that I had that. Oh. Mm, no, that's not true. It lasted a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, that was that group that you had an acronym for? Yes. That's it what started it? in fourth grade. Jack Trap <laughs> and Pat Cage. I feel like that's so many people. But I guess friend groups are that many people when you're that age. Yeah, there was seven of us. But there was like it also like often would split 
Mm. It would split into like three Jack and, and four. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Jack. Sometimes Jack and Trap were separate. Like the two girls who were Jack were like my best friends. Right. Cool. Were we still talking about all the doodly movies you wanted to? A little bit. Yeah. But I think I think I finished my thought. Okay. So stay tuned for a bunch of movie I mean, that's, starring dudes. That's going to take the whole year next year. <laughs> if we alternate. If we alternate. Yeah. Because what? We got Adam Sandler. So yeah. Adam Sandler. Mike Myers. Uh, Polly Shore. Uh-huh. Um, I mean... Should do we revisit Chris Farley, David Speed? Like, do we watch Tommy Boy? I mean, we might as well. Um, who else? I feel like there's another one. Jim Carrey, because we have to watch Ethan Torre and The Mask. Did you? He was just on the New Yorker Radio Hour. I kept hearing it advertised, but I didn't hear it. That man is a psychopath. I believe that. Yeah. Why are you saying that? Because uh, he's just. Every time I hear him speak, I'm like, that's not a normal human. I mean, I, I so I just watched The Mask mm-hmm. for fun because he was on TV. And I was like, mm, yeah, 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 I'm going to do this. Um, and then Kara told me that a podcast she really likes called, what's it called? Switchblade Sisters. Switchblade Check it out. Sisters. It's wonderful. Yeah, she told me that they just did an episode on The Mask. And I was like, oh, now I definitely want to watch it. And then I want to listen to that. And... The movie's not good. Spoiler. Very problematic for very many reasons. Um, feels a little insane that it got made. Um, but a thing that they talked a lot about on Switchblade Sisters was just like how physical he mm-hmm. is and how incredible that is. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, yeah. So like, I I can appreciate watching him do probably anything like with that thought in mind. Yeah. And I don't As a really person care. who knows how to how bodies move, yeah, yeah, and like how much energy like it truly yeah. takes to bring what he brings to something, like he's like a superhuman, mm-hmm. like clearly, yeah, maybe he's an alien. I mean, that would also explain a lot. Oh, we should do Mars Attacks. That was good. Yeah. Who directed that? I don't know. Let's find Somebody out. Somebody directed that. I feel like I actually started keeping a list of possible movies on Letterboxd, which has come in handy. What did I just say? Mars Attacks. Oh, wow. Tim Burton. Tim yeah. Burton. Tim Burton directed Unexpected. it. That was like the last good movie Tim Burton directed, right? I don't know. I have a very <laughs> uh, mixed feelings about tim burton ew okay i'm on his imdb right now and it says beetlejuice 2 and i don't need that well you're getting it i don't need it i just watched the first one it's still very excellent and that's all i need yeah he actually has more movies now that i haven't seen the ones that they're not good I don't know if that's true. They're just, I don't know. Also, he works with Johnny Depp too much. Well, yeah, also that. 
And I hate that the... So I have this problem about movies in general, but specifically about movies about artists. They're all about men. Yes. Um, whenever I tweet about it, though, men make sure to remind me that there are at least two movies about female artists that which exist. Which one? Uh, Frida, which is the obvious one. Yeah. And Colette, I think, is another one. Wow. Two whole movies about women? Two whole movies about female artists. Well, we should just stop asking for more because well, that seems like plenty. Obviously. I mean, there's that, like, Guerrilla Girls piece from the 70s about the Met Museum that's, like, I'm going to look it up because I can't Kay. quote it off the top of my head. Oh, it was 1985. The Guerrilla Girls began putting up this poster that has a naked woman on it with a, a monkey head mask because that's they used to wear monkey masks to stay anonymous. Yeah. Um, and it says, do women have to be naked to get into the Met Museum? Less than 5% of the artists in the modern art sections are women, but 85% of the nudes are f- female. Mm. Which is infuriating. So, That's, like, very infuriating. I'd say we have about the same same ratio for movies about artists. Uh, but oh, right. So Tim Burton directed Big Eyes, which is not. It masquerades as a movie about a woman artist, but it's about how her husband ripped off her work, and I hate that. I didn't see it. It's not great. No, didn't seem like it. Yeah. is so depressing no. when you start to say statistics I know but there are so many like a movie about Georgia O'Keeffe would be great a movie about who I really want to see somebody make a movie about is an artist named Artemisia Gentileschi she was a late renaissance uh, painter she painted one of the two very famous uh, paintings of Judith beheading Holofernes uh, do you know what I'm talking about yeah google it it's great um, Caravaggio also did a version of it. And if you look at the two side by side, it's the difference is incredible because Car- Caravaggio's looks very like kind of serene and like not a lot of effort is going to sawing off a man's head. And then Artemisia's. Oh, there's no. Okay. I even just her stance yeah. is like there's no way she would have enough leverage to saw that head off. Yeah. In the Caravaggio version, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Gentle Eshi version is like physical like you can tell that they're like using all of their force to hold him down and saw off his head so this is a a story i think it's from the bible he rapes her and then she cuts off her cuts off his head um which is great good job (laughs) but anyway the man in that painting gentle as she painted the face of her own rapist whoa yes she actually press charges against him at a time when like that wasn't even possible she actually like went to court and prosecuted her rapist she didn't win but she like the amount of i don't know courage and like determination that that would take at that point in history i think she's amazing and why don't we have a movie about her why don't yeah i mean yeah i would write it but i'm not a writer it's like history is just like completely empty Mm -hmm. of you would think that no women ever picked up a paintbrush or did anything at all right hardly it's not you know there aren't like 
they don't talk about zero women, but <laughs> right because there are at least two movies about female artists. <laughs> and one of them, Harvey Weinstein, tormented the star the entire yeah. time. So that's cool. This sucks. I'm doing a fun foot dance. Yeah, she is. We gotta dig ourselves out of this hole somehow. This we podcast can, hole that we've dug. We can talk about the nostalgia bands that I went to oh, see. Oh, yeah. Tell me about them. Okay. I went to see, I previewed it on the last episode. <laughs> I went to see Hanson, and then I went to see Saves the Day. Hanson, everybody knows, like Mbop Hanson. Mm-hmm. They still tour. The they one never, and they, only. They, the one and only. They never stopped touring. They never stopped making music. And what they did was actually really cool. Um, pretty quickly after Mbop, they like, they were they had like moderate success with like a couple other songs and then kind of were just like uh, this is not working for us so they completely started their own label and have since then just self-produced and self-released everything they've done um with like pretty good success for a band that started you know when one of them was six years old and got famous when they were like 12 yeah. you know and they're like in their 30s and one of them's like 40 now mm-hmm. I believe Isaac is 39. I okay. Googled it recently. Okay. You Googled it. He's not 40 yet. <laughs> Still in their 30s then. Um, they do really well for themselves. And I've seen them once a year-ish for the last, like, very many years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting less fun. <laughs> but this show was cool. They they do try to, every once in a while, like, do something to, like, keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. So this tour, they're doing every show with a full orchestra um which was like really beautiful sometimes um and i liked this con this this show a lot because it was like the zach hansen show like you like definitely it's usually the taylor hansen show like he's clearly the leader um but zach they did a lot of zach songs they really let him like shine and he he actually like is the most fun to watch yeah. and he can drum and sing at the same time which, which i'll never get over a magic i'll ability. never get over it yeah. and sometimes him and taylor will switch like he'll go zach will go play the piano so he can sing and taylor will drum Showing but off. like like he is fun to watch um so i really appreciated that but and this I'll get to this when I talk about Saves the Day too. Like sometimes I just need nostalgia bands to like know that they're nostalgia bands mm-hmm. and play into that a little. Gotta play the hits. And they do, but I would say that it was like like I really stopped listening to their new albums in like two thousand and ten or eleven maybe. So I did make it way past Mbop, <laughs> but then like kinda got over it. And there's like a few songs here and there after that that I like, but but they still like really play their new music, <laughs> which just like isn't as fun, you know. Yep. Um. But I will say, at that show, there were a lot of people who did know their new music more than I did. So mm-hmm. you know, cool, cool. Um, saves the day, however. <laughs> Like, was a very strange experience. <laughs> so, first of all, I went with my friend who I did not grow up with, but who also grew up in New Jersey, like, going to all of the same shows mm-hmm. that I went to, like, down in South Amboy, New Jersey, at all the weird clubs that were down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Saves the Day is a Jersey band, so they played there a ton. So I've seen them, like, a million times. Um, 
And they also have released some new music in the last few years. Um, like, but it's like they don't have new fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there was nobody no under 30 in that discovering room. Discovering. They're not, yeah, music. no. Well, I, and, just, I just discovered <laughs> this cool band. They're called Saves the Day. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and, and the unfortunate thing, I think, is that the singer's voice just is not it doesn't sound as good as it used to Mm -hmm. his voice was always like a little bit high and like nasally but his voice is so high now especially on recordings yeah i can't stand to listen to it like it's the song the music is similar to what they've always played but i can't stand his voice Mm. uh but live his voice wasn't that bad and but it was the same thing where like they just kept playing these songs and i was like i don't care about this and this isn't fun for me now i've also recently learned that i'm a person who doesn't care about going to rock music shows yeah neither, at Even, least not anymore no and that's that's like that's what i grew up going mm-hmm. to and it's like primarily what i listen to if i'm like driving in the car but i think i'm like ready to come to terms with the fact that that's not what i care about live because i've seen a lot of other kinds of music in the last couple of years live that i've liked so much more mm. than just like straight up rock music like what um, are they like, are they kinds where you get I, to sit down? No, <laughs> no, they're kinds that make me like uncontrollably dance. Oh, okay, um, they, and they all have horns is what I've nice. re- is what I've realized, yeah. and they're all very different. But that's the one thing that I've been able to find in common is that they all have horns. Hmm. Um, yeah, some of them are like like gypsy punk. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is just one of them is just a marching band. <laughs> Which sounds insane, but it was the hardest I've ever danced. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. So anyway, so yeah, that was. I'm like, I gonna need a moment with the marching band. <laughs> I know <laughs> she's staring longingly out the window, <laughs> like she's thinking. I just—it's hard for me as as a former marching band person. It's hard for me to imagine anyone actually enjoying that it was incredible i it's like the way this band they're called what cheer brigade this band how big is it there's like 12 there's so oh, many of okay. them it's not a whole marching band that's <laughs> what i was thinking there, there's a lot of them though and they march around stage no i mean i couldn't even really see them because i was dancing so hard here's okay. what they did here's what they did it was incredible they just walk walk around in a um, circle playing their instruments th- yeah there well so it was at this venue where it was it's small you know they're not a like crazy popular band or anything so we saw them at this like small venue where like the stage was like lowered and like the audience was like raised like kind of up on steps mm-hmm. and the moment they came out they went up on the steps and made the audience go on the flat part because they wanted you to dance you can't dance on steps right. um so it was really hard to see because creatures are their natural habitat <laughs> I didn't even think about that accurate um but they so because we were on the stage we couldn't you can't really see them yeah but they look scary like they wear masks like they are it's a little bit scary and it looks a little bit culty yeah um but then they just play they just like eye masks no some of them had like their faces fully covered interesting not all of them again they were hard to see 
Um, but and all they want you to do is dance. So they and you're like they're all up with you. Like you're close to them. This this is just my one experience. But the reason I went is because another person was like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen. Like we have to go." Wow. So like it's always great apparently, and they just will be like, "Come closer, dance harder," <laughs> and you're like, oh, "Okay." Wow. Um. So anyway, I've grown out of my pop punk days mm-hmm. and apparently that's what i'm into now cool marching bands um I'm, I'm really into anything that will make me dance uncontrollably like because it's just a thing that i have found that happens to me <laughs> where i'm like i have to dance right now <laughs> and it doesn't always happen yeah um but yeah anyway let me finish my save the day story mm-hmm. um it felt much sadder than hansen does <laughs> I think Hanson never stopped existing. They know who they are. Yeah. They, they try to, like, change it up, do some new stuff, whatever. Uh, and they're a pop Saves band. the day is just like, trying to chase the dragon. That's what it looked like yeah. and felt like. Because, like, like, pop punk's not cool when you're 40. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? So, it's not. So it's it kind of like weird. not cool ever full stop yeah, yeah no no but you know when i was like 20 sure. like sure was 15 sure um and so like i don't mind being like this isn't cool but i love these songs mm-hmm. and these songs like live inside my soul so i'm gonna go sure. sing them with a bunch of other you know kids from new jersey right. um who are no longer kids right none of us are kids but whatever um but so yeah they just like to see some like 40 year old men kind of looking like they're doing pop punk i just like felt real weird about it yeah and they didn't play enough hits for me they yeah, played play the some hits. they played some it's good but and i like and i liked i mean i liked the venue like mm-hmm. i liked the feeling of being in like a gross kind of clubby feeling place like because of how many shows I went to growing up, and mm-hmm. that's what they felt like. That's how I feel about BFW halls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, um, nice. But yeah, it was weird. And the singer has a mullet, Ooh. which I just can. Never I have a feeling over. we're on the way. We're on the edge of a mullet comeback. No, why? Come well, because I just everyone... got used to all the beards, and now we have to do mullets too. You don't like beards? I didn't like beards for the first like four years that beards were a thing. I was like, really? But it's fine now. Like everyone has one. I get it. Yeah. So when it's everyone fine. has a mullet, you'll get you'll get no. used to it. I, there is a guy in my town who has the most spectacular mullet <laughs> I've ever seen. Um. Well, people keep getting those shaggy haircuts. Those like seventies shaggy haircuts, and the next step, the natural evolution, from like. A Bruce Dickinson shag is, I think, to a mullet. So you heard it here first, folks. If you want to get out ahead of that trend, print out a picture of a person with a mullet and go to your local hairdresser. I wish I thought you were wrong. (laughs) These are dark times we're living in, Jordan. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I briefly considered a mullet when I cut my hair last week because I was like, I w- it would be so much less to deal with, but I could still party in the back. I think girl mullet is different than boy mullet. Yeah. Hopefully. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Coming to you in 2019. We'll mullet probably town. see some non-binary yeah. mullets in 2019. I mean, I, I feel like the side mullet was pretty big for a few years. 
in recent years. What's a side mullet? Where one half of your hair on the side is short and then the other half is long. But that's not a mullet. It can be. It's no disagree. If you believe disagree. It can be. I think that's a different haircut that I'm sure has actually a real name. Because yeah, so many mullet. people had it. No, that's not what it's called. <laughs> that is not. I'm going to Google it. Well, it depends on, I think, the length of the side. Because if it's, like, buzzed, then that's, like, a side shave. But if it's a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It's called a side mullet. Because what else would you call or that? Or a smullet. Smullet. All right. Seen seen primarily on women, though. Mm-hmm. At least in this Google search. Actually, it's just all pictures of Cameron Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> Which she, she rocks it. Looks great on her. She cut it, though. She has a different hairstyle now. Which I think is just a shorter version of a long hair side. <laughs> like, just that side is shorter now. So, a normal haircut? I don't know. Yeah, okay, fine. It's called a side mullet or whatever. Maybe we'll get some reverse mullets. That was kind of big when we were in high school to have like... Reverse mullets? Like short hair in the back and then have it be kind of long in the front. Yeah. That's kind of like Mm mid-2000s punk hair. I don't know if I'd use the word punk, but yeah. Well, not like real, you know what I mean. Pop punk hair. Yeah. I feel like emo hair question Emo mark? hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's looking longingly out the window again <laughs> to think. <laughs> she did cut her side mullet. It's still kind of side mullety, but mm-hmm. it's not as short on the side. So the the proportions are evened out a little bit more. A little bit more, yeah. Was there anything else we were trying to get to in this episode? I don't remember. No, neither. Who? I'm gonna. I'm trying to think if there's anything we missed in Black Sheep. Um, I like. Did I already say that I like the woman who played the governor? I feel like she was like the evil person in everything in the nineties. Mm. Yeah, she does a good job of playing like a. Um, Christine Ebersole. Yeah, a severe woman. A severe woman. Oh, you know what I really knew her from was Richie Rich, now that I'm looking at it. Oh, was she in that? Yeah. Oh, do we need to do Macaulay Culkin, too? Um, no. Just Richie Rich, I think. I watched that movie a lot. Mm. Did you watch that movie? No, but I've seen Home Alone 9,000 times. Okay, maybe we do need to do Macaulay Culkin. It's a Christmas movie. We, do you want to preview what we have coming up? What do we I, have coming I up? I like what we have coming up. So I, I don't... Uh, have we... What? Yeah, we've decided. Okay. Um. So December is... Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let me remember one of the things. Okay, say have, one of the things. We have, maybe that'll jog my memory. We have two episodes in December, and oh. one of them is SNCC. Yeah. We're going to go We're gonna go back to doing some TV shows, because it's been a while. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I know. A very okay. special episode. And we're going to do a very special episode episode. You know, With a bunch of very special episodes. Yeah. Because I, 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 yeah, I miss that we used to do TV shows. Kara is indifferent. 
Um, I just like you have to spend more time watching them, and I feel do. like just watching three episodes of one. I need to see more of that. You know, of what? Of a TV show, more than mm. three episodes. Yeah. So, did we decide what we're gonna watch for Snick? We've already done Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, which and I are you afraid don't of the dark? Think we need to revisit? No, we don't need to. <laughs> Although it was fun sure. the first time. But you don't need to do that twice. Yeah, I wrote down some possibilities. I would, I, I would very much like to do Clarissa explains it all. Mm-hmm. I think that one's important. Hang on, I have to rewatch Evernote. It's not working. Well, I can see. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's okay. Yeah, Snick. So I wrote down Clarissa explains it all. All that. Oh, all that. Yeah. Um, remember Roundhouse? I do remember Roundhouse. Should, very it's, vaguely. It's hard to find. Yeah. Some of it's on YouTube. Uh, we already did Pete and Pete. Ah, Real Monsters. Secret <laughs> World of Alex Mack. Oh, Alex Mack. Yeah. Uh, Doug, Red Ru- Rugrats, Space Cases, Kablam! And Keenan and Kel. Hmm. My votes are Clarissa, all that. And I don't really care about the rest. Let's do Secret World of the Alex Mac. Okay. And then... Where's the song? <laughs> Very special episode. Episodes. We gotta, we gotta do the Jesse Spano drug Obviously, that's the first one. Duh. I am do you so know what, excited. Do you know what one I also want to do? What? There was one. I th- I'm almost sure it was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and it mm-hmm. was about gun violence. Yeah, and Carlton gets PTSD. We have to do that, that I have that, that, I have that okay. on the list, yeah. Uh, then also Family Ties, uh, in which uh, the episode is called Stay Uncle, in which Tom Hanks is a drunk, and the Golden Girls, the 72 hours when Rose thinks she might have AIDS. <laughs> there had to, oh, and the, the Full House one where, where Gia gets drunk. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, really? It was, it was about teenage drinking, duh. Um, but do you remember Gia on Full House? She, oh God, what's the actress's name? She was in a bunch of stuff after that. She's still in stuff. Um, there's, a, there's also a... Marla Sokolov oh, okay. was Gia yeah. on Full House, and she was like the bad friend. Mm-hmm. She was like Stephanie's bad friend. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a two-episode arc from Maude, where Maude has to decide whether she's going to have an abortion or not. Whoa. Mm-hmm. 1972. Wow. See, like, all of those are before my time and yeah. would give, like, such interesting context. Yeah. I, <laughs> although I will be yelling at the TV, why are we still dealing with these things? Yeah, uh, I mean, nothing's different. I mean, fuck Roseanne, but there's uh, an episode where her sister Jackie played by what's her name who's amazing i don't know her name but i know yeah she's wonderful uh she gets physically abused by her boyfriend prompting dan to assault fisher oh that's a great way to solve things um (laughs) (laughs) definitely appropriate whoa the full house ones listed on wikipedia are not even the drinking one's not even there. I know. That's why it did not come up in my research because I only one, looked at a Wikipedia article. There's one, though, where DJ is anorexic mm-hmm. and where Stephanie learns that one of her classmates is being abused. Right. I don't remember those. 
I feel like I vaguely remember the eating disorder one. And also that it was solved in an episode, and then she didn't have an eating disorder well, of anymore. Of course it was solved in an episode. <sighs> Life is more complicated than that. Duh. So, that's what we have coming up. Mm-hmm. We'll also be chewing some more. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was recently on Foodie Films with Kyle Reinfried talking what? about what am I chewing. Oh, yeah, I forgot that I did that. We covered a movie called Home Fries, starring that, Drew that's Barrymore, not good but anymore. it's not good. Vince Gilligan of Breaking Bad fame wrote that. Whoa, really? Yeah, he wrote that when he was a student at NYU, and somebody was like, yeah, let's make this into a movie, and it's very bad. That's, how does it even, whatever, that's weird. Yeah. I, I was on uh, the most recent, well, it depends when you're listening to this, but I was on the most recent episode of Too Fast, Too Furious. Which Wait, I can't is that what it's called? To. Too fast, too forever. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say that again. I was on the most recent episode of Too Fast, Too Forever, talking about uh, the sixth movie. Don't ask me what it's called. I don't know. But it's the best one. Um, they're on their second lap, so they have guests on. And Kara's not allowed to I can't listen to that listen episode. To because I've never seen any of the movies, and I'm going to be doing a lap later this year. I'm so excited for you. Everybody is. You don't even know <laughs> what you're in for. I mean, but the thing is, I do not care about cars, like, at all. I don't care about cars. Okay. I care. I mean, I care about stunts, mm. and that's part of it. Yeah, those are the fun. S- they do an incredible job on the stunts. Um, and somewhere along the way, I got just, like, it really sucked into the dumb plot and just the whole thing where like I can't believe that it's still going Mm -hmm. I just I like it I don't I can't help (laughs) it (laughs) hey you are not alone it's a very popular franchise with its several of its own podcasts for a reason I know and they're doing a spin-off next year Mm -hmm. and then they're doing another one after that Mm -hmm. so anyway uh, check that out I have a history of making very long podcasts when I'm on with Joe and Joey, and this one didn't disappoint. It is two hours long. Wow. Uh, But it was super fun. I think it's probably okay to listen to it for two hours. Sure. I'm sure it is. Find all of this and more at cageclub.me. Carrie, you got anything else you want to plug? I'm recording an episode... On Tuesday with Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. So that'll be out probably before this episode comes out. Uh, we're we're going to watch Tammy and the T-Rex? I don't know what that is. I don't either. I just cool. signed up for it because it had a funny name. It does have a funny name. Um, and Denise Richards is, is in it. And she's pretty. She so. is pretty. <laughs> she has really good eyebrows. She does. I almost took a picture of somebody's eyebrows yesterday to show you. And I didn't because I felt I think she would have seen me. I watched Moonstruck for the first time the other night with Cher and uh, Nicolas Cage. And she is amazing in that movie. She's so good. And her eyebrows in that are just, I mean, they're a lot because they're, they she has a makeover scene. A great makeover scene, by the way. Um, but her pre-makeover eyebrows are a lot. Cool. Yeah. I have nothing to plug. You can still find me on Instagram at Jordo PC. And I'm at Bimps. 
and this podcast is at Wistful Pod on like all the things. So I guess we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time on Wistful Thinking. Goodbye. Bye. Hello and welcome <laughs> to a very special live episode. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna do that again. And that laugh the whole time. I'm always tempted to leave this kind of stuff in when I do the edit, and then I'm like, I think only we find this funny. I don't know. I think other people. I think it's endearing. I think like I like it when they play things like this on other podcasts or like you know bloopers. This isn't like a blooper though. Also, like they can't see you. <laughs> like that was funny because, like, <laughs> because I was looking directly at you. No, because you, there's so many reasons. <laughs> like you're looking directly at me. You're holding a microphone, like in your mouth. <laughs> you have on headphones, but only on one ear. <laughs> it's making your hair stick like straight up. There were just like so many reasons why it was funny that nobody could see because this is a podcast. I'm actually crying. <laughs> see, now we have to leave this in. I feel like you, you could probably stick this at the end.